Hello and welcome to the She's Busy AF podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Bordelon. I'm a former marketing agency owner turned marketing mentor. I'm a lover of all things tequila, travel, Taylor Swift, plants, and helping busy AF entrepreneurs sell the living heck out of their businesses. My podcast is filled with marketing and business knowledge to help you truly excel both personally and professionally in your entrepreneurial journey. You'll put down your phone after each episode and be infused with techniques and practices that allow you to work less in your business and more on your business so you can ultimately step back when you want and enjoy the sweet, sweet fruits of your blood, sweat, and tears-filled labor. So with that being said, open up your note app or your favorite notebook and let's jump on into the She's Busy AF podcast. Hello and welcome back to the She's Busy AF podcast. Today's topic is a fun one. We're going to talk about teams and people on your team, which is an inevitable must for any entrepreneur. But before I do that, I want to break some things down for you. If you identify as an entrepreneur with either that name or the name of founder, business owner, CEO, boss ass bitch, A team is 100% going to be in the cards for you, even if you don't think so right now. Otherwise, sorry, sis, but you're a freelancer. In the online space specifically, the term entrepreneur is thrown around like it's no big deal. But in reality, entrepreneurs are making investments, risky ones, in teams and team members, in programs and products to grow their businesses. But let me real quick read you the definition of an entrepreneur straight from the mouth of the dictionary. This is the definition of an entrepreneur, a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. Okay, did you hear that? (laughs) Taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to operate a business or businesses. Okay, so that'll tell you right there that an entrepreneur is someone who takes those risks and growing a team is part of taking those risks. So let's get into this whole team thing now. And uh, yeah, we'll dive in. So I've been there, done that when it comes to bringing on an employee. And to be completely honest, I don't really have any intentions on bringing on a salaried employee for a while now in in my, or at least until things become crazy large. (laughs) We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But it's really important for all busy entrepreneurs to start by having a few key players on their team for going the employee route. So I'm going to break down four of those key players, who they are, whether you're at the beginning of your business or you're busy right now, these are people that you need to have on your side. Number one is a tax strategist, and I'm not talking about your accountant, although sometimes they can be one and the same. You need someone who can plan budgetary things with you and talk strategy, and here's why. If you don't have a firm understanding of money in and money out at all times, you're going to have a very hard time scaling your business. And just to back up for a second, scaling means that your monthly income more than outweighs your monthly expenses. And also a big part of scaling is not trading all of your time for money. So additionally, tax seasons can be really expensive for a lot of entrepreneurs, but working with a tax strategist can help you minimize that cost or at least strategize how to avoid having to pay a lot of money when tax season rolls around. I mean, (laughs) after all, don't we want to keep more of our money in our business or supporting the growth of it? I'm a big fan of that. You should be a big fan of that. We're here to 
make an impact and make money. And so a tax strategist can really help you out on that money side of things. All right, number two, virtual assistant or an OBM and hear me out. And if you didn't know, OBM stands for online business manager. This person doesn't have to be a constant, just like your tax strategist isn't a constant. Like I work with my tax strategist on a quarterly basis and I check in with her every now and then, but for the most part, she is someone that I have quarterly call with to review my plans and budgeting. It's the same thing with a virtual assistant or an OBM. You can have your virtual assistant be someone who is constant and your OBM be someone who is around every now and then for certain tasks or launches. But having someone to offload some of your admin and non-money-making tasks is crucial at, I think, any stage of your business. So how do you know what you need a virtual assistant for? My biggest tip is tracking your time. I've been tracking my time for literally three years. (laughs) I've become like obsessive about it. And I review each week's tracked time on a weekly basis. The reason for this, this allows me to see where I'm spending time where I could hire somebody to do those things or so I can see and focus on the tasks that make money in my business. But here are some things I've outsourced to a virtual assistant and have been very happy to do so. I hope this gives you some ideas. But inbox management. So inbox zero is a big thing to me. If you don't know what that means, that means at the end of the day, there are no messages in your inbox. And so basically what that does is like I have folders created and my first virtual assistant helped me with this and they're to-do folders. And those are where those action items go. If I can't get to them right away, I put them in there and I make sure I address them within 24 hours. Then I have email inboxes or or folders in my email inbox where everything else goes. So depending on the client or depending on the subscription service, they all go away once I'm done with them. And that way my inbox is zero and I'm able to go and find things because they're categorized. So another thing is calendar management. I liked having a virtual assistant for this because she facilitated emails with clients and setting up new links and meetings through Calendly as needed. Like those things... Although maybe I got into a routine and it's much quicker now, it's nice to have someone who can do those things for you so that you can continue to focus on the tasks at hand. Another one I really loved was blog proofreading and uploading. This one was a huge MVP because how many times have like you reread your work and then come back later and there's a typo and you're like, gosh, dang it. I looked at this a million times and I still never caught this. It's really good to have that outside perspective or someone else to come in who didn't write the blog who can find those grammar mistakes, find those spelling mistakes and make sure you're aware of them. Another one I loved using my virtual assistant for was Friday client follow-up emails. This was really huge in my business when I had a lot more clients and was doing like client-facing work. Right now I do a lot more coaching. I'm not doing so much hands-on client work with retainer clients. That was my previous business. So what was really helpful for me in sitting on task in my business was sending Friday follow-up emails to all my clients so they knew what we were working on and they knew what I needed from them. And so putting that list together was amazing. And I had a project management tool that my virtual assistant would go in and see, okay, this is what's left on the docket. And so that is what we would follow up with for our clients. That was amazing. And website updates, because those can get kind of annoying sometimes. So having a virtual assistant who's savvy with websites to go ahead and update services or pricing or whatever you may need. And honestly, uh, probably a lot more (laughs) that I'm forgetting, but those were like the main chunk. Oh, one more. (laughs) Sending client monthly invoices. This was huge. We had anywhere from like 12 to 15 a month, and it was a huge time suck for me to sit and do invoices. So having someone to do that was just like amazing. I loved it. On the flip side, an OBM is awesome because they can help you actually set up systems and processes in your business 
that can be a little less constant. So they're there when you really need them. I've discovered over time that I could replace a virtual assistant with either an OBM or automations, which is also a crazy thing. (laughs) A lot of what I had my virtual assistant doing was setting a ton of framework for our processes as an agency. And then eventually when we got the groove of it, I was using client management software. And right now I still use it. It's called HoneyBook. To automate those processes, I loved it. I still love it. (laughs) But I've talked about HoneyBook in a past episode. I'll go ahead and link again in my show notes. I can get you 50% off your first year. So that'll be in the show notes. It's absolutely amazing. I love it because the client has their own little portal they can log into and see all their files and past emails. But also you can set a ton of automations through contact forms through your website. You can just click a button When you're done working with a client, say it's just like a one-time session, I have one set now where I click a button and 30 days later, it sends them a follow-up or two weeks later, it'll send them like a feedback survey. I just don't have to worry about it. It just does it all for me. Okay, the third person you need in your business is a lawyer. There is no skating around this one at all. It's crucial to be legally protected in your business. Early on, this can look like trademarking your brand. I've literally heard nightmares of brands who didn't trademark themselves and eventually someone trademarked, ended up trademarking like that name and came back to take it from the OG business owner. Like what? (laughs) This is important. And then another important legal thing as a service provider is contracts. I've never once gone to LegalZoom. It's honestly terrified me. I'd rather just work directly with a professional, but I've worked with lawyers to make sure my contracts were tuned in as it pertained to my state. So different states have different roles. And I've a thousand percent had to go back to the contract with clients regarding things like refunds and how I didn't offer them at any stage. This can like crush your business because if your money comes in and your money's going out to pay contractors and then all of a sudden they ask for a refund, you can't just get that money back. So really important to have that, I feel like, in contracts. And late fees, a must if they're not paying their contracts. Acts of God was something, or force majeure, I think is how you say it. That was something I was like, oh God, Yeah, we definitely need that in there because hurricanes are real in Florida and I was put out of work for a week once and that was so bad. But that basically, I guess, protected me and my business because I wasn't working for a week. There was no kickback for them. Like, you know, we just picked up everything when we could again. And all my clients have been really understanding of those things. Typically, at the time, the clients I had, they were going through the same thing. So business was kind of on hold while we all dealt with power outages. Cool. All right. Well, the last but not least thing here, number four, is a marketing coordinator or an intern. And I'm going to be doing a whole episode on interns, so definitely stay tuned for that. This is something I swore by in my previous business, and I still love to do so to this day. And it kind of seems silly and random, but like it's not. This is everything. You might have noticed I didn't say a social media manager. Here's why. Marketing is such a huge part of a service-based business and you can really groom someone to work with you in the long term in less of a contractor mindset format. So a marketing intern or a marketing coordinator is likely not someone who wants to be an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur at all at this time. They're likely in school or have a part-time job and they really just want to learn and grow and make money, make more money (laughs) while working from home. Take it from me. I had a revolving door of interns for a few years and it was awesome, one of which still works with me today. One whole business later, and she's my main marketing coordinator at this time, she's really gotten to know the business so much and was hungry to learn. And still being in school, like she was able to get credit for all this. So she spends all her time right now with Brand Good Time helping out with existing clients as well as 
helping on the marketing side of things for Brand Good Time. And it really takes the mindless work off my plate, such as scheduling posts or keeping up with trends. She's a Generation Z (laughs) and the queen of TikTok. So she really keeps me young. (laughs) But she's also really good with engagement tactics on my Instagram. So she's really been able to help me push my business forward. But did I mention, (laughs) if you start them as an intern first, you can pretty much do that for free in the beginning. So my recommendation is to check with the individual, so the person that wants to be an intern and the school that they currently go to, but nine times out of 10, they can get college credits for working with you. So like I said, more on the intern thing later. It's a big one to break down, but I definitely think necessary to do so anyone at any stage of their business, as long as you have some basic processes outlined that they can just implement, interns are a game changer. All right, that's going to be it for today's episode. If you found this valuable, please do your biz besties a favor and share this with them as well. I know a lot of people could benefit from knowing some of these juicy, juicy things. And if you want to talk more about these four types of people you need, my DMs on Instagram are always open. You can find me at Brand Good Time. And I will see y'all on the next episode.